Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. On the programme, we continue a weekly look at the world of agriculture and food. The big story this week, the 50 million euro beef finisher scheme. We look at the detail and hear from the Minister for Agriculture, Derek Leary, and from the IFA in Cork. Tagusk has published its mid-year outlook for 2020. We'll hear what's in it. There have been a lot of queries on the BEEP scheme, and we get the answers to some of your questions. And as usual, Farm Talk's John O'Connor takes a look behind the stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. Farmers can claim up to €10,000 from the €50 million Euro beef finisher scheme. It's expected that €100 Euro per head will be paid on all eligible cattle killed during reference period 1st of February to 12th of June 2020 under this COVID-19 compensation package. Dairy farmers too are eligible for payment for dairy cows slaughtered during the reference period regardless of grade. But feedlot cattle owned by factories or agent or dealer cattle are excluded. The scheme is open to all animals over eight months. This includes all grades of dairy cows. From 19th of August onwards, applications will be accepted with payments due in November. The closing date for applications will be 9th of September 2020. Farmers will be relieved that the application process is set to be relatively straightforward as the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine have the AIMS database containing all the information needed. AIMS is the Animal Identification and Movement System. In line with modern trends, applications have to be made online. Applications between 19th of August and 9th of September 2020 to the following agfood.ie portal, that's agfood.ie, all lowercase. An active herd number is required and applicants must have applied for the BPS Basic Payment Scheme in 2020. Membership of the Borbia Beef and Lamb Quality Assurance Scheme is a requirement for applicants. Our applicants, if they're not members already, can give an assurance and undertaking to join the Borbia Beef and Lamb Quality Assurance Scheme by September 30th, 2020. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Derek Leary, spoke to reporter Stephen Murphy about the package. Well, what we're announcing today is uh, the details of a €50 million Euro compensation scheme 
for beef farmers who suffered a very substantial drop in their income uh, during the height of the COVID crisis. Our beef product is very dependent on food service, on restaurants, on hotels, not just here, uh, but across in the in the UK and across the world. And clearly that market collapsed at the very height of lockdown. And secondly, uh, there were difficulties um, in getting access to uh, factories uh, during the height of lockdown. So um, farmers who brought cattle to factories during uh, from April and May in particular would have suffered quite substantial losses. Upwards of uh, it's being estimated upwards of 200 euro ahead on what they would have normally expected to get. So this is a, a compensation package. It won't compensate them for the full losses, but um, it will go a substantial way towards some of the losses they made. And we will be in a position uh, then to pay this money later in the autumn uh, at a time when many of them will be back in buying cattle again. The total is €50 million, Euro, but how is that going to be broken down? Well, it's going to be broken down. Uh, there um, farmers who are sold cattle, uh, or finished cattle rather, um, between the 1st of February and the 12th of June will be allowed uh, to apply for the scheme. Uh, there's a limit uh, on the scheme of 100 cattle per uh, herd, and they will be in a position to uh, apply for the scheme when we open it later in the month of August. And uh, there are very few um, conditions on the scheme. Um, we've consulted with the farm organisations in relation to it. The funding was secured by Michael Creed when he was minister, and we have spent the time since uh, consulting widely to ensure that we get the money to those that lost the money uh, during the height of COVID to partially compensate for their losses, but to ensure that they are in a position um, to uh, return to the market uh, in terms of buying cattle later on in the year and that they will uh, be in a position to supply the beef market during 2021. And finally, it's expected that about 42,000 farmers are eligible to apply for this funding. That is pretty significant for rural Ireland. It's very significant. It's a, and it's a fifty million investment. As as all farm schemes go, it would be a fifty million investment in local communities around the country. Um, this money will be spent back in local um, villages, in local marts, in local farm providers, local co-ops. So you know, money that gets um, spent by farmers gets spent locally, and has a huge multiplier effect. And um, you know, when that money is taken out of the system as it was uh, during April and May, the multiplier effect becomes a negative. So what we're trying to do now is to ensure an investment um, in the rural economy uh, at a time when it is under enormous pressure as a consequence of the various COVID restrictions. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Derek Kaleary. Well, I've been speaking to Robert Ellis, West Cork IFA, and asked him about the paperwork and other detail relating to the beef finishers' pandemic payment. Well, there was, there's no doubt to be an awful lot simpler this this time round than the last time. Like there's no um, there's no um, there's no loopholes. There shouldn't there shouldn't be any loopholes to be crossed anyhow in this. Um, I mean, everyone anyone that killed an animal from the first of February to, to the twelfth of June, regardless of what you do, should get it once your board be approved. There's probably dates and times, etc., that you have to abide by. So, do you think that they'll yeah. all be manageable, or the the timelines that they'll put in? There's no, there's no reason why not. Um, I mean, the application date is opening down the 19th of August, 
and and uh, what what will happen? The reference period will be from the first of February to the twelfth of June. So any any animal that was killed from the first of February up to the twelfth of June, the twelfth of June was the day it was announced that this was going to happen, or that the fifty million wasn't it was was there. It's up to that date. So that's that's the reference period really is from the first of February to the twelfth of June. How far will this scheme go? Do you think, Robert, to ease the pain of, of what's been suffered? Look, sure, um, <clears throat> it's a hundred euro an animal, for a, and the limit the limit is a hundred animals in any herd. So if you kill ten animals, fifteen animals, or whatever, up to hundred animals, you'll get you'll get hundred euro. The task wall at one stage that would be bad under hundred euro, that would be diluted down maybe. But look, if we start to dilute it under 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 hundred euro, it could get very weak. Then, for example, if a person only kills ten animals, we'll set the, if they dilute it down, we'll set the forty euro an animal to be only four hundred. Whereas this weight is going to be a thousand euro. I mean, four hundred wouldn't do much for you nowadays as the way things go. I mean. A thousand euro is of some benefit, even to the to the very small producer or whatever. Um, the other thing on that, then I know. Look, prices. I was once COVID started. Price, look, prices weren't in were never weren't in a good place since even this time last year. Once we had looked this time last year, looked at, we had nothing but protests, and there was a big backlog of cattle coming to the back into the year back. But look, having said all that, look, we got through all of that, but. Cattle were just starting to come somewhere reasonable price wise. There's never any good look. Any animal that's been killed out of a shed under four euro a kilo is going nowhere for the man that's feeding them. Okay, look, they're only back up at maybe three seventy, three eighty now, but off of grass that mightn't be too bad. Like, but the winter finisher needs enough. You want to be at least 50, you'd want to be fifty cent a kilo ahead coming out of the shed than off of grass the back end of the year. And do you think that this offers a chink of light as well to the Marts now? They really have to get going again, Robert, after, you know, a fairly torrid time for them during COVID. Well, like, it didn't help the situation, but the funny thing about it was, like, um, the store, Marts, okay, they weren't open to the public or whatever, like those on, uh, online bidding and that, like, but store cattle seemed to say, I know, for it was funny, like, it was a good year of grass, and that, like, store cattle and everything seemed to, seemed to be selling well all year. Maybe the planer store... As in the Frisian or that, like they were probably not as good a price as the as the better quality animal. But having said that, I think store cattle, like at the price of beef today, like wouldn't is wasn't a good place. Like, but at the price of beef today, like it wouldn't do it. Look, the, the margin would be very very small. After I might have some chance, but coming out of it, if any door store cattle have to go into a shed and be fed for three four months or whatever, like that's a very costly period. And finally then, Robert, just going forward in the immediate future, IFA in Cork, what will you be hoping for for the beef sector? I mean, this 100 euro is going to be, uh, it's going to be helpful like, to take away some of the pain, but there is a lot of men out there that fed cattle, that fed cattle with the last winter or even the past winter. Look, the last three, four, my experience in the past three, four winters, last winter finishing animal out of the shed was the worst of all. But having said that, look, um, there's an awful lot of men out there that fed cattle or have been feeding cattle over the years. I don't think they're going to be back finishing cattle out of the shed this winter because, look, there's a share of them. Look, the, the truth be said, they're broke. Fair dues, look, uh, some put an awful lot of hard effort into it, especially Kevin Kinsella there now and, and, uh, and our chairman, Brendan Golden. Like, they, 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 they worked tirelessly on that. And, look, all of us in the committee, like, we, lo- we, were, we were in the background there as well, like, lobbying TDs and what have you in government. And I think that's, that's, that's what has us got to where we are today, 
And it's not the first time like this has happened. I mean, it has happened before. Like, and look, we got a, a goodish enough return in fairness. Now, I think you know. But look, look, it's not going to it's not going to solve the problem, but we'll take some of the pain out of it anyway for those winter finishers. Robert Ellis, West Cork IFA. Farm Talk on C103. Dogs Trust, Ireland's largest dog welfare charity, is urging dog owners to ensure their dog is microchipped and that the details on the chip are up to date. It comes amid news in recent weeks that a distraught dog owner was reunited with his best friend after she'd been missing for almost three years. On this occasion, the dog had been spotted straying and taken to be scanned for a microchip. The owners had kept the details up to date and the terrier was reunited quickly and safely. Well, recent dog thefts, of which there have been many in Cork, highlights that there's never been a more important time to have your dog chipped. A Cork farmer has thanked the efforts of the Gardaí and Limerick Animal Welfare for bringing his dog safely home. Carrig Navarre-based Gerard McMahon's Springer Spaniel Jake, a working dog on the farm, was stolen on June 24th last and the pair were reunited last week. Gerard spoke to C103 News about the ordeal. Jake is uh, about a five-year-old male Springer Spaniel. I have him about two and a half years. He's a working dog. We do a little bit of um, shooting and he's, he's a friend as well. You know, we normally see him there when I'm going up and down to the farm I go over that little steps there to go to the farm and he'd be up and down he takes the odd trip up to the farm as well I take him the odd walks around the farm as well well on the 24th of June my wife Bridget she missed him that he he was there at dinner time he wasn't there for his tea in the evening so he'd normally be hanging around dogs when they know their food is coming they'd be around waiting for it so we're, we're whistling for him I checked the farm I checked around the place and I whistled him, and he'd normally come to the whistle if he was around. You know, the odd time he might get locked into a shed in the farm, but no, there was nothing there. And by 8 o'clock then, we we concluded that he was stolen. We got my neighbour there to put it up on on Facebook, and I think she got about 500 likes on it. And we got the odd picture back, but my wife knew there weren't Jake. And about Wednesday of last week, one of my friends saw a the two dogs that were seized in Limerick and uh, thought one of them might be mine. So then we to send other pictures on to Limerick Animal Welfare. Mary O'Connor is in charge there and she had to be satisfied that she had the right dog. She wanted pictures of his back. My daughter found pictures on the laptop and the one with, the, with Jake's back on it crossing through the bit of the garden there confirmed that it was in, and Mary O'Connor was satisfied then that it was my dog. And then I had to go up to identify the dog and, and I was a little bit nervous on that that the dog mightn't recognise him or show recognition. And normally, you know, when the dog I'd be passing up and down, the dog might be lying down by the ditch or, or by the back of the door. I'd go down the ground and she'd come up to me. She did the same thing and sniffed me, so it confirmed the ownership of the thing. So the owner and dog happily reunited there. And the message again from Dogs Trust to owners, ensure the dog is microchipped and that the details on the chip are up to date. Well, this week, Chagask has released its mid-year outlook for 2020. It concludes the impact of COVID-19 on farm incomes this year is now likely to be more limited. That's despite fears of a sharp COVID-19-related drop in 2020. It follows a gradual recovery in commodity prices and the provision of additional supports in the farm sector. I asked Trevor Donnellan of Tagusk about the immediate effects on agriculture when COVID-19 took hold. Well, uh, the immediate effect 
I suppose, was that uh, farmers could continue farming, uh, which was a positive anyway, at least because a lot of people ended up having to uh, to stay out of work. But the where the impact began to emerge really was the fact that there was less demand for food, particularly, we'll say, restaurants and in office environments and that kind of thing. And that began to pull down price levels then for the agricultural commodities. So you saw lower prices for beef in particular and lower prices for, for dairy products also. So the, the immediate impact, I guess, was felt through through lower prices for farmers. In the context of packages that have been announced, beef this week for the beef finishers and milk, the prices have been doing well there. Is there reason to be optimistic then moving forward? Because in, in the report, you're, you are more or less saying that you know, the impact on farm incomes won't be as bad as had been feared. Yeah, I mean, when, when this thing began, I mean, you know, everybody was in the dark really in terms of how it would affect um, not just agriculture, but the entire economy and how long the thing would play out for. Um, we're still not out of the the far side of it by any stretch at the moment. Um, but uh, one of the positives I think that we have seen is that the worst fears in terms of how bad this thing could be in terms of its impact, we'll say, in agriculture anyway, at least, haven't materialised. Um, you know, prices, which, as I mentioned, uh, took a downturn, have recovered uh, quite well and a lot sooner than most people expected. So the the situation we find are in ourselves in at the moment in terms of price developments is is actually better, I think, than what anybody would have considered possible back, we'll say, around the end of March of, of this year. Um, and the government has come through, obviously, as well, with uh, additional support payments because they are probably needed to a greater extent anyway on the beef side because, as, as people are only too well aware, incomes on your average beef farm are, are particularly low in comparison to, say, what what can be achieved on, on a dairy farm or a tillage farm. So that extra money for the beef sector will be important in terms of making sure that the effects of COVID-19 on incomes are, are, are minimal, basically. And the Farmers' Representative Association seem to be happy enough with the payment stabilising for, for milk. Uh, would that be the general view? You know, uh, the situation for, for dairy is that really, you know, the, 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 there was a drop in milk price, um, but, but things have come back a bit. You know, we're coming through now with the peak period uh, really for, for, for milk production so um, most of the price for the year that farmers will get will be locked in fairly soon if you know what I mean by the time we get through into uh, the next month most of the milk for the year will, will effectively have been delivered so the impact on milk prices for the year in the end is going to be relatively relatively small assuming that nothing untoward happens uh, in the next month or two and the restrictions are still with us, Trevor, here and abroad. So how will that affect, you know, how we're doing our business here and as well, you know, how we're, how we're doing our business overseas in the export markets? Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the, one of the positives, I, I think, you know, in, in, and there are, have been very few positives, but one of the positives really in the whole COVID experience has been how well um, the supply chains for, for food have actually held up I mean, okay, there were shortages of, of things in supermarkets at various points, but that was more to do with people buying more than they needed in any given week, 
but you know the supply of products around Europe um, has has held up fairly well. There there were a bit of cons- there was a bit of concern at the start of the whole pandemic when you had borders closed and what have you in, in European countries. But generally speaking, um, it, it it has gone well in the end. You know the the supply chains have kept moving. Um, and I, I guess some of the preparations that were made in, ahead of Brexit actually helped in that process as well because it had really focused people's minds on how you get product out of this country into continental Europe, you know. And finally then, Trevor, the other great variable in an Irish summer is the weather. So how have we been been doing with that and its effect on the uh, agri-food business? Well, I guess it's been a bit of, uh, of a mixed bag, really. You know, the... You know, and, and depends to a, to a large extent on what part of the country um, you you have been in because the, the variability in weather has been different across across the country this year. Um, we did have a, a very dry spell in kind of April through into May. People will remember it, I guess, from the lockdown as as a period of time where if you weren't a farmer, the weather was considered to be quite good. Um, but as we all know, we've we've gone into a period now where we've had more rainfall than what we would usually get. Um, so that has balanced things out, basically. You know, we were heading into a, a kind of a drought situation there for a while, it looked like, but uh, we kind of have recovered well enough out of that. So, I mean, it's it's not going to be a bad year from the perspective of, of grassland agriculture, certainly pasture-based farming. Um, the story on tillage is a bit different, though, really. You know, there weren't, weren't great production conditions are sorry great um, planting conditions for the winter crops and you know the that means this year we've got a, a lot bigger share of spring cereals in the mix and they typically will have lower yields so that will show up then as well in terms of lower yields for cereal sector this year. Trevor Donlan there of Tagus talking about this year's mid-year outlook 2020. Concern is being expressed that the extension of the TAMS deadline by the department up to August 21st might hold up farm investment approvals. IFA Rural Development Committee Chairman Michael Biggin said the decision by the Department of Agriculture to extend tranche 18 of the TAMS scheme by two weeks cannot hold up approvals. He said farmers who want to proceed with work on their farm cannot face delays because the closing date's been pushed back to August 21st. The IFA Rural Development Committee chairman said his organisation is also looking for clarity from the department about just how many tranches will be opened before the end of this year 2020. Michael Biggin said the IFA had made a very strong case for the continuation of the scheme under the EU CAP transitional arrangements for a further year or two until details of the next Rural Development Programme are available. As part of the IFA's pre-budget submission, they say they want an allocation of £120 million for TAMS for 2021. €82.5 million Euro is available for the scheme this year, with over €30 million already paid out. Mr Biggins said there must be no delay in grant payments. The extra cost of bridging loans is a serious financial burden at a time when farmers' incomes are under pressure. Department figures show that over a quarter of all TAMS grants drawn down over the last five years went to farmers in Cork and Tipperary. 
Cork received by far the biggest proportion of grants, with farmers getting approval for €37 million in TAM supports in the period from 2016 up to Friday 24th of July 2020. With grant aid of between 40% and 60% available under TAMs for the purchase of qualifying equipment or capital investment projects, the scheme is hugely important for dairy startups. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We continue this week's Farm Talk with our weekly Tagusk Advisory. Ashling Malloy is Tagus Drystock Advisor in Cantork, and we're discussing the BEEP scheme, which has been the source of many queries recently. Beef farmers are being paid up to €9 Euro per calf this year through the beef scheme for carrying out a number of actions on their farms. A compulsory action is to weigh their cows and calves. So I asked Dashling about the benefits of weighing stock. So the, the main benefits, whether you're in the scheme or not, are to monitor the performance of your, the calves and the stock in your farm. Um, you'll know the weight of them, especially if you're selling from the yard. Um, it, it is more reliable. Um, to make sure your heifers are at the right weight for breeding, to calve them down at two years of age. It can also help to identify potential health issues on the farm, so maybe if cattle need a dose or if they have um, some underlying illness. Um, weighing at the 200 days can also show how much weight a suckler cow is putting on her calf, which will help you pick out the best and the worst cows in your herd. And it can also help to increase or decrease a, ca- decrease a cow's star rating. So back in 2017, the amount of cattle that were weighed in County Cork was less than 5%. And really, as a beef farmer, it's the only way we have of checking how good or bad an animal is performing, whether this is down to breeding, nutrition and or animal health. And what targets should farmers aim for then, Ashley? So anybody who's in the ICBF Herd Plus, they can run a weaning performance report after weighing their cattle. The first figure that's used in this is the 200-day calf weight. So what the actual or predicted weight of the calf is at 200 days. And this shows what weight gain the calf has done purely from milk on the cow because most of their diet up to six months will be the milk coming from the cow. So the target for bulls is over 300 kilos or 1.3 kilos average daily gain. And for heifers, you'd be aiming for over 250 kilos or 1.1 kilos per day. And the second figure that you can get from the report is the percentage of the cow weight that the calf is at 200 days. And the target for this is over 42%. So the reason that this figure is included is that at weaning time, a cow should be producing a calf that's over half of her body weight. 
So for example, if your calf is 300 kilos at 200 days, you'd hope that the cow is 700 kilos or less. However, if the cow is up near 900 or 1,000 kilos and the calf is only 300 kilos, there is an issue there. So whether it's breeding, milk, health or nutrition, but she's not doing an efficient job on, on the calf and um, really she's not putting money in your pocket at the end of the day. And how can farmers then access scales to weigh their cattle? So there's plenty of options there, Barry. They can borrow them from a neighbour. They could hire them from mybeep.ie, which is a website that they can go in and um, they can see where the, where the um, local co-op is that's um, renting them out. They can hire somebody to, to weigh them. That will bring their own scales or they can buy their own. Um, I suppose just from a health and safety side of things, it's important to note that some cattle might be nervous of the scales, particularly if they're not, if they haven't been on them before. So it might help to throw a bit of sand or straw over it just to hide the, the shine on it. And the other thing to watch is that there's usually a step up onto the scales. So cattle will be a little bit taller in the crush than they usually are. So just to take care that they don't jump the bars if the bars in the crush are low. And as ever, there will be important points that have to be remembered as part of this scheme. Yeah, so to qualify for the scheme, the calves have to be born, they have to be from a beef breed cow and a beef breed bull, and born from the 1st of July 2019, so last year, up until the 30th of June this year to qualify. Um, they must be weighed before weaning, and the important thing to remember is that the scales must be registered in ICBF, but anybody who was in last year's beef scheme, most of these are registered anyway. Um, the cows and calves must be weighed on the same day, and the weights have to be submitted within seven days of weighing and they have to be put into ICBF before the 1st of November this year. And in the second action, you have the choice between feeding meal or vaccination calves. Could you tell us a little bit more about this? Yeah, so for the meal feeding option, um, you're expected to do this four weeks before weaning and feed the meal again for two weeks after weaning. It's important for this action just to make sure that you keep the meal dockets and that you record the weaning dates, as these could be infected later on in the year. The options for this, you could use a creep feeder if you have one on your farm, or if not, you could buy two of the, the plastic, the kind of tall horse poles, and just rise the wire somewhere along the fence. And you could put a chalk out, whether it's onto a passage or in a paddock next door, and you could feed meals to calves. That way, they, they'll go in under the wire and they'll eat away themselves. The second option is the vaccination of the calves. So the idea is to vaccinate before weaning, housing, or sale. Now, this one's a little bit um, trickier than, than the meal feeding, um, and the important thing to note is that when you're vaccinating, you want to vaccinate for RSV, PI3, IBR, and then possibly for pastorella as well, depending on which option you're going. So they're the four different strains of pneumonia. So the first option that's outlined in the scheme, you can give a single shot of RSV and PI3 intranasal or up the nose and give an IBR live vaccine two to four weeks before either weaning, housing or sale. So in this case, you're given two vaccinations on one day is basically what you're doing. The second option then, you can give the first shot of RSV, PI3 and pastorella and give that six to eight weeks before weaning or housing or sale. And then the second time, you're going to come along to give a booster. So you're given a second injection of RSV, PI3 and pastorella and a single IBR shot two to four weeks later. So basically here, you're taking them in on two different days. They're getting one vaccination on the first day and two vaccinations then on the, the second day, about four weeks later. I suppose for this case, it's important to note that if there's any, if anybody's breeding bulls that are going to AI centres, they don't have to get the IBR vaccine just on them bulls only. But if you want to avail of that derogation, you have to notify the Department of Agriculture before starting the vaccination programme. And like everything, it's important to talk to your own vet just to pick a programme that suits you and to make sure that it's meeting the scheme requirements as well. And the third and final action, the faecal egg testing of suckler cows. What's involved here? 
So at the minute, there's an approved list of labs on the department website, so you can contact them before taking your samples. And they'll send out a testing kit with pots to collect dung samples. So it's from, just to note in this case, that it's, you want to take the samples from cows. It's not from the cows, it's from the suckler cows in your herd. So ideally, you'll take them when they're in a clean, dry yard. Or if you're going down the field and it's nice and sunny, hopefully the weather will pick up again. And they could be lying down in the morning or afternoon or evening. If you get them up, they'll tend to pass stone. So you get a good clean sample then at that stage. You can send off the pots then to the lab and they can be tested as a pool sample. And what they're looking for is rumen and liver fluke in the animal. They have to be done by the first of no- before the 1st of November. But to be honest, you're probably time enough doing them in September or October just to get a more accurate result unless you're selling a lot of cows sooner. Um, you can take one sample per herd for the scheme, <coughs> Excuse me. but ideally you take one sample for every 10 cows in the herd just to get a representative picture of what their status is. And so there will be a lot of dates to remember as part of this scheme as in others, and for anyone who's not done any of the actions yet and wants to sell their calves, say, in six weeks' time, what should they do? Yeah, so they can, um, if you're aiming to go six weeks from today, you want to start feeding meal or start your vaccination programme today um, so that it's done in time. You can wean then in four weeks' time, and then the cows and calves would have to be weighed then in the next three weeks before weaning. So I suppose these are the key dates and actions for the scheme. But for anyone who didn't join, like the weighing, the meal feeding, the vaccination before weaning, they're all good practice on your own farm, as well as taking the dung samples as well. So it's, um, it's well worth doing for, for any farmer, whether they're participating in the scheme or not. Thanks to Ashley Malloy, Chagask Drystock Advisor in Cantork. Farm Talk's John O'Connor joins me next to discuss this year's Nuffield Ireland Farming Scholarships. And in recent years, a number of younger Cork farmers have been successful in attaining a scholarship. So, John, what exactly are the Nuffield Ireland Farming Scholarships? The Nuffield Ireland Farming Scholarships, which attract a large number of Irish applicants every year, originated in the UK with the establishment of an agricultural education trust by Lord Nuffield. And these scholarships have expanded now into an international agricultural leadership programme. And what are the basic requirements for applicants? Applicants should be 25 to 45 years of age, with at least five years' experience in farming or generally in a rural-related business. And what do Nuffield Ireland scholarships cover in terms of the finance and the educational programme involved? Scholarships consist of a bursary of €14,000 towards international travel and accommodation costs and will involve at least nine weeks of travel. And John, with turmoil being caused by the COVID-19 pandemic, is this an opportune time to consider applying for one of these scholarships? Well, as the COVID-19 pandemic has a major impact on the global economy and agricultural markets, now is the time, actually, for Ireland's proactive farmers, food producers and agri-professionals to consider a Nuffield Ireland Farming Scholarship application. So essentially it's an opportunity to enhance Ireland's agri-industry when the world hopefully enters the post-COVID era. Yes, this International Agricultural Leadership Development Programme facilitates participants to research farming systems, markets and techniques which will secure the industry's future in the post-COVID-19 world, hopefully. This is an opportunity to step up to the new challenges and make things happen in different ways. And if listeners are interested in finding out more about the Nuffield Ireland Farming Scholarship Trust, I understand you have some contact numbers and their email address. Perhaps the best contact initially would be the Executive Secretary of Nuffield Ireland, Mr John Tyrrell. John's available at the following phone number 087 
3501 or email execexec at nuffields.ie, all lowercase, or www.nuffield.ie, that's N-U-F-F-I-E-L-D. The closing date for applications is 31st of August 2020. Applications are invited from all sectors of agriculture, food and rural related businesses. So, John, finally, those contacts again. John Tyrrell's number is 087-256-3501 or you can contact uh, email www.nuffield.ie. Well worthy of consideration if it suits your circumstances. Many Cork farmers have won Nuffield Ireland scholarships over the years and have travelled to countries all over the globe from the UK to New Zealand, gaining invaluable farming knowledge. Closing date, 31st of August 2020. Farm Talk on C103. We continue this week's Farm Talk with the announcement by Lidl of new partnerships with three Cork-based suppliers as part of the Kickstart Supplier Development Programme. Kevin Haverty is buying director at Lidl Ireland and he's been telling me about the programme. As you've mentioned, it's the fourth year of um, the programme that we've run in conjunction with uh, Bourbia. Um, every year it grows in popularity more and, and, and more. Um, we've had 150 suppliers as part of the programme to, to date with over €3.5 million Euro in terms of local, small, medium Irish suppliers um, stock brought onto to shelves all over um, our store network. So, yeah, so far um, really, really successful and something we're looking to continue to build on over the next um, coming years. And so, Kevin, how does the programme work? Essentially, Kickstart the Supplier Development Programme for, for small and medium Irish businesses. And the premise of it is that <clears throat> these, these um, suppliers may not necessarily be, um, you know, whole-scale whole national suppliers uh, just yet and may need a little bit of help in developing and progressing um, their business to that level. So they can apply to take part in our in our program to have their products showcased on the shelves of over 200 uh, Lidl stores across um, Ireland and Northern Ireland. And um, if they're successful in the program, um, we then run a number of seminars in conjunction with Bourbia uh, representatives and from experts across our business, from our buying department, our branding and packaging um, department, marketing and so on that will help them get um, their product um, up to speed and ready uh, to hit our stores um, for when the next round of the of the programme runs. Essentially, the ultimate goal <clears throat> is to help and support grow small local Irish um, suppliers and to provide additional business to them on a national scale, either through regular promotions that we run or um, the, I suppose the, the, the best result um, can also be that they get a permanent listing in all of our legal stores um, across Ireland and, and Northern Ireland. And, and to date, um, throughout the programme over the last um, four years, we've managed to bring seven suppliers onto our shelves permanently um, that they're permanent listed, listed lines. But the companies make the shortlist then happy in the knowledge that their product is getting on the shelf at this stage of their development. Demand is quite high, um, as you can imagine. So um, we've had over a thousand applications throughout the last um, number of, of years. And for us, it's about, um, you know, reviewing the, 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 the products sampled into us, sitting down, speaking to the suppliers, getting to know them a little bit more, understanding what their 
product is about, what their background is, and ultimately what it is that they, they, they want to achieve, and working with them then hand-in-hand hand to try and, and help support and, and develop that. And look, we're, we're 20 years in, in, in Ireland this, this year. It's our 20th, 20th anniversary, and <clears throat> throughout each one of those years, we've had a, a big focus of growing our, our supplier base, and that will always continue to be very, very high in our, our agenda, you know. And it's good to see that Cork has done well on this occasion with the companies that have been selected on the programme. Yeah, we've had three um, three suppliers um, from, from from County Cork on the most recent um, promotion that we've ran. Um, we've had Holo Kambushka from um, Yall, uh, Kinsale Bay, <clears throat> with their chicken liver patty from Kinsale, and then um, the cultured food company, with the um, beetroot and ginger um, drink from Skibbereen. So um, Kinsale Bay have actually been uh, featured um, on our very first Kickstart um, program back in 2017, and they've been a consistent feature of that each year as we've ran the the promotions. And Holo Kambushka and the Cultured Food Company are brand new suppliers to um, the program that just went live last week. And aspiring participants in the programme, Kevin, what do they have to do to get involved? Essentially, our application um, process, it's an online application, so it's www.legal.ie forward slash kickstart. Um, That's open all year round. Um, So anybody who's interested in taking part of the programme, um, they should apply there. Um, They'll then get a response from our... Uh, buying team in, in Lidl to acknowledge the application and also give them the next steps around submitting samples and submitting some information about the, the company and so on, which is something that we usually do, do towards the back, the back end of the year, around October, um, November time. From there, um, any successful applicants, um, which we'll confirm, will then bring them on part of the uh, seminar program I mentioned earlier on. And we... Um, that generally starts for us in, in, in January, um, is the first one. And then we will do one further in um, kind of April, May time, which helps the supplier get, get ready from everything from, you know, a quality perspective, um, a, a branding and packaging, a case dimensions that we would require um, right through to, you know, setting up of, of contracts and admin um, at back of, back of house as well. So, um, yeah, that's, that's generally how the, the process works. Kevin Haverty, Buying Director of Lidl Ireland. Well done to the three Cork-based suppliers, part of the Kickstarter Supplier Development Programme. Some forthcoming farm plastics bring sites or dates. Farmers should kindly double-check that bring sites are opened at times of opening and regulations and charges for the materials they intend bringing to the site. Please confirm the situation with 1890 300 444 or website farmplastics.ie. Bring sites usually open 9am to 5pm with strict social distancing protocol in operation. Farmers are kindly requested to please continue to adhere to social distancing requirements in operation at all bring centres. The dates, Tuesday and Wednesday, 18th and 19th of August, Charleville Showgrounds. Monday, 24th of August, Dunamore, O'Regan's Transport Yard, Coolmona. Friday and Saturday, 28th and 29th of August, Belgooley GAA. Tuesday and Wednesday, 1st and 2nd of September, Bandonmart. Monday and Tuesday, 7th and 8th of September, Clonakilty, Lissaverd Co-op. 
operated by IFFPG, Irish Farm Film Producers Group, in association with Farm Plastics Recycling CLG. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Now, thanks to John for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.